snitches. We're back with chapter whatever this is. Yeah. Basic snitches time. It's eight. It's chapter eight. I'm Tara. I'm Adam. And the chapter name is Nate Victorious. Nate Victorious. Woo. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So I must ask you, Tara, what do you think about my pumpkins and my bats? Um, it's freaking bats. I love Halloween. I love Halloween. Uh, I don't know if I said this a couple episodes ago when we were recording with Roxana, but the only fall slash Halloween decoration I have in my house is a little candle that has bats on it. Yes. Um, because I made the decision to not do any specific decorating this year because I was like, I will get the thing next year when I have all the things I need in my apartment mm-hmm. first. That's why I haven't gotten any cats yet because I want to get cats. But I would like to give them a good house. Cats are not a decoration. No, but just like, so if I can't afford cats, I can't afford decoration. Yeah, that's that's that. That's good. I am going to put up a Christmas tree, though, because Adam's Oh, I have a free Christmas tree for you. It's for me. So I will say, (laughs) over the past few years, especially for the Halloween decorations, it's been a work in progress. At one point, I went to Michael's and I bought all these leaves strings and stuff. They look great. I like them. But, and I used to have them like on he- this thing and he's that. pointing to like yeah. furniture <laughs> yeah like yeah. low furniture yes. that the cats could get on and then the cats eat the leaves and then they throw them up all over the carpet and I did not want that to happen and sometimes I sit and throw up it's fine uh, yeah like she is right now it's not <laughs> actual throw up it's <laughs> I don't know if the, we said this in the last episode or not, but this morning I woke up and when I sat on my couch to start playing Disney Dreamlight Valley, uh, I looked over and I saw like smeared cat hairballs. <laughs> I was about to say cat balls. Right here next to me on the couch. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Y'all know I keep my house kind of dark. So when we turn the lights on, you can kind of still see the residue. So I have more work to do, but it's, it's all good. We are in the pumpkin room. I have pumpkins all around us. Yeah, you have the regular orange pumpkins, but you also have white pumpkins, which are cool. Yes. And a glass pumpkin over there, which I really think is pretty. TJ Maxx. When I went to yes. TJ Maxx with my sister last time, I was like, oh my God. Well, like, that's what I, I was going to TJ Maxx and I was like, I can't have this stuff yet. So we're going to do this next year. Oh, when, when you want to go to TJ Maxx, you let me know because I am a middle-aged white lady. Okay. <laughs> I kept just seeing random things. The other day, the other day, this was like a couple months at this point, I got new chip clips because I was like, I need new chip clips. I don't have enough clips and so some of them broke. So I bought these like golden metal clips and they're quite Fancy. nice on Amazon. And then I fucking saw the same ones at TG Maxx for a fraction of the price. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They have everything at TG Maxx. Yeah, you just have to find it. Like yeah. if you're looking for it, you're not going to find it. You have to come across it. Yeah. You can't go to TG Maxx knowing I'm going to leave with XYZ. No. They had fucking, they had that color changing lamp and the one that's on the wall in the stairwell. They had both of those things at TJ Maxx. I have all my pumpkins. I have the leaves I learned. So I have leaves on top of a picture frame and leaves over like a portrait gallery on the wall and all my little bats all over the wall. I love the bats. They're my favorite. Um, that was last year. I add, I realized I had more. I remembered them from last year. Yes. But there's more this year. There's more. And I, there's even more than that. So I gotta find more place for bats. Well, well, next year we'll put bats on my walls yes. too. Yes. Oh, we'll put in the stairwell. <gasps> yes. I. You want the bats? I'll give you the bats. Now, friends, Jeff. <laughs> Everything that's in the kitchen, except for like the pumpkins that are in there, they've always been up. So I have a whole bunch of skulls in the kitchen. Skulls are great. And so my trainer asked me the other day if if I put up my Halloween decorations, and I was like, well, everything's already up. 
there is a box of Halloween stuff, but it's outdoor decorations. And the only things that were in the box that were not already up were these two like spooky book things that are now in the library and these two fake candelabras that had like fake spider webs on them. And those are in the library too. I'm like, great. None of this stuff is getting taken down. This is just what my oh. house looks like. I like it. Thank you. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash so we can buy more shit at TJ Maxx. Just kidding. All that money goes into creating this podcast, our website, our hosting, all that good stuff. So here's our patrons. As always, thank you guys so much for your support. Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Raph. But for real, join our Patreon. It's only $3 a month at our lowest tier, and you still get tons of exclusive content and are mentioned in every single episode. Or we have a lot more fun stuff at our $5 and $10 tier. Join today! So we're going to talk about a chapter, but yes, sorry, that was excited, a big And initial. I hope you appreciate and love our love of fall. Halloween and fall, which I think this episode's coming out after Halloween, but that's okay. Maybe. Uh, it's fine. We still love Halloween. Before I do anything, can I have more wine? Okay. She needs her go-go juice to tell I mean, me who winner loser is. You ask so, like, sincerely. Like, I, I try to be it. May I have a reward? May I have a reward for... For determining the winner and loser going out last Ooh, episode. okay. I'm going to guess that Ginny is the winner and the loser is Draco. Okay, Draco's definitely the loser. The two in a row, baby. The winner... Or is it nobody? Is this one of those, like, nobodies? Oh, well, let's give it to Ginny. Yeah. she's fucking badass. She fucked up Zach Smith to get in this local. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, so we'll just give it to Jenny because I was like, I don't know who the fuck the winner is. Definitely not Harry, dumbass. Now you have, as Tara likes to say, hear her talk some more. <laughs> so, oh my God, what is that? That's delicious. This is a Obscura, Rosa Obscura red blend. Oh my God. Ooh, Adam's brought the red blend today. Yes. That's really good. We got good wines. Mm. Mm. Did you say mm. the thing? Yes. Okay, time for the thing. Chapter 7, Snape Victorious. Harry lays there feeling helpless and starting to feel as if everyone's suddenly forgotten the Chosen One, including Neville and Luna back in his cabin. But luckily, Luna and her intuition and Spectra, oh wait, no, just the movie kind of doing something that makes sense. Oh, actually, it's the other Book 5 Quen, Tonks, who comes to Harry's rescue. She fixes Harry's nose, but keeps the blood there for Hermione to take care of later. Sends her new Patronus to the castle as a message that Harry's been found, and escorts him up, only to be taken in by Phil. Oh god, another switcheroo? And it's Snape? Well, that sucks. Snape sure has his chest puffed out for some reason, and is laying the asshole on real thick as he takes Harry to the Grand Hall. You called it the Grand Hall? Why? What's it called? The Great Hall? But it's it is grand. also grand. It's it is grand. also grand. It's a grand the hall. Grand, the Grand Hall. Also, not really mentioning the blood all over Harry's face. When they get there, Harry gives a half-assed response to what happened to him, just in time for dessert, and then Dumble's speech. Haggard and Trelawney are both notably at the head table, and of course, everyone notices Dumbly's crispy head. Dumbled speech is about what you expect. Blah, blah, Voldemort. Blah, blah, security. 
And oh yeah, welcome Slughorn. He's taking over potions because Snape is now going to be teaching data analysis. Harry rises into the air and his head spins around and he starts speaking in tongues. Now we know why Snape was so proudly showing off his dick earlier. Afterward, Hagrid comes to greet Harry and Ron, asking them to come see Buckbeak with their wings, Jesus, and bids them goodbye with a see you in class tomorrow. Except now it's their turn to be the assholes. <laughs> As none of them are taking care of magical creatures this year. Womp womp. Okay, I forgot how good that thing was. But also, I like the way that you read it. This gave me big old spider puss vibes. <laughs> I love reading the thing. I always like... <laughs> I like that sentence. <laughs> I love reading the thing. We're a bottle in now, so... <laughs> We have been real tame on the alcohol consumption since this season started. Yeah. Here we are, guys. We did We're it. Back on our we bullshit. did it. Chapter eight. And Harry's laying there, feeling sorry for himself for being a dumbass. And then Quinn Tonks. Yes. This is where it does truly kind of feel like the train is going to take off. Yeah, because they have to jump off the train while it's moving. Mm-hmm. I always have to remind myself because we're spending so much time with teenagers. Tonks is literally our age. Actually yes. younger. I feel like Tonks is a little younger than I think are. so too. T Tonks is like Sarah Price. Aw, Sarah loved his mother. I feel like that tracks. Yeah, like she, she's in her early 30s. I'm always torn. I either feel like Tonks is super older than the kids and then I think of her as super older than us because we're in the kids' heads. Or I think of her as being one of them. Like, I can't actually ever place her where she yes. is. I almost usually feel like he's more closer to their age because she gives off that mm. big sister vibe. I want to say that she's between Charlie and Percy or she's Charlie's age. Mm. She's younger than Bill, but I think she's Charlie's age or a year younger than Charlie. Yeah, she does feel like a kid. Yeah. Also, like, Sirius and Lupin are our age. Yeah. They're still very young. But she yeah. just seems so broken. See, that's the thing. Sad. It, it does make me sad too. You know, I am going to be 36 in a couple months. You are 735. Mm -hmm. Don't that look good? Yeah, you look really fucking sexy. I know, I look at least younger than 40. <laughs> just vaguely younger than 40. Non-specific on the age. <laughs> 38. <laughs> but even like our ages, <laughs> yeah, we've been through shit too. Right. We have been broken <clears throat> in the past. Yeah, sure. I guess I think of it as like everyone older than them, like McGonagall and Slitwick, they don't seem like they're broken and we know they've been through shit too. Like, yeah. I think it's just yeah. because the contrast between Tonks and the character that we were introduced to in the fifth book and just like how upbeat and bubbly and stuff she is. Because the Tonks we meet was not broken, and then she is. Yeah. Like, she's a character we see get broken in the series. Okay, that is true. Maybe that's the angle here, is that we see her get broken. Now, the two main things, of course, that she's dealing with is the death of Sirius, which maybe that made her realize, oh my god, this is fucking real now. When she was a kid, because she was around during the last time. Yeah, it, she was still a kid. Yeah, now she's like in the thick of it, whereas last yeah. time maybe she was on the outskirts or something. So there's that, and then also not getting the boyfriend she wants yet. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely, and that's fair. Like, I've absolutely been in those situations in the past, and it makes you feel broken sometimes. Like, I honestly do not remember why Lupin is rejecting her right now either, but when you have feelings for somebody and they're not reciprocated, of course, I mean, (laughs) I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. Everyone has experienced that kind of thing. I think more than anything, it is the juxtaposition between the last book and this book, but it's a reminder that, of course, these characters are very real, but also we always talk about how the trio they're at such a formulative age there is something to be said about what it feels like once you are over 25 or in your early 30s and like there's expectations and societal pressures at every age perhaps she is coming into this realization of like oh my gosh i'm an adult now again we get this from harry's perspective and i'm not criticizing harry or tonks for this Tonks comes in and does what Harry needs her to do, but she doesn't do it as Tonks. Like, she's not what Harry thinks of Tonks as. He just went through this embarrassing, stupid thing he just did. If this were to have happened last year, Tonks would be joking and laughing with him all the way and making light of it. And she is in a place that he can't quite grasp because he's not seeing her that. And so that's also just like an interesting perspective is like seeing it from Harry. Tonks is always fun and bubbly and joyful. What is this? Yeah. But he's caught up in himself and what he just went through. There's no space for him to be like, hey, are you okay? What I take away from that too is I said in the last episode that Marietta Edgecombe was like the recognition that everything hasn't changed since the last book. We've seen a lot of actual, it's crazy to say, but positive change from what the world is like in the book five to book six. Right. Even though you know there's this stuff happening in the background, this is a negative change. And Tonks is like really feeling it. And if anything, too, it could very well be relatable to Harry. I don't think he is in that headspace, though, like you said, to like feel like it's a relatable thing. Also, 16 versus 30. I mean, she is twice his age. And while they're still in those important areas of their lives, they're still very, very different, too. So, yeah, I mean, it is interesting to see a character who is so new that we only really get for three books that still has growing up to do and we see that happen. Now, we also learn a couple different things here in regards to Tonks's Patronus. And that is that she has a new one so you can change your Patronus. And that you can text with it. So, did her Patronus change because of everything that she has gone through? I believe that this is something that Worm Vomit thought of. I was like, no girl, it's Worm Tail. Oh. <laughs> that's what her name is this episode. So, yeah, so Worm Vomit didn't think this through. And I like this name a little bit better than the last one. The oh, last no. one was great, but I was like, oh my god, I don't even know if I can say that one. I know we call Lockchart Lockchart, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think that it was not thought through all the way, and when the idea of being able to like send messages came up, it's like, okay, cool. The low-key, very unsatisfactory answer is that it can change, and I think that Dumbledore explains it to Harry later in the book, that it can change if something severely stressful happens to you, which is interesting because something severely stressful is happening to Harry all the time. (laughs) And he's got the same fucking Patronus as always. But he has more of a connection with that Patronus, That's true. So do you know what Tonk's original Patronus was? No. It was a jackrabbit. Okay. So this new Patronus is a wolf. Which we get explanation on later. Well, yeah. Because, you know. We kind of know what happens. Right. But then, like, Harry, who's still trying to fucking figure this out, 
is like, oh, her name Patronus is a dog, like Sirius. Technically, you could kind of follow the dots there because Sirius's death was also traumatic for her because of the guilt she feels over it. Mm. And then, you know, they're all of their dumb teenager direction. They go with that. But I don't know if you have control over it because Snape is like, the other one was better or something like that. Like, it's very unclear and not well thought out. I can't remember if this is the first time this season or not, but play the witchy music. Because I didn't think about this until now, but Patronuses sort of also feel like spirit guides to an extent. I had said recently that a lot of my meditation has been focused on third eye, but a lot has also been focused on spirit guides and stuff like that. And many people tend to have like different spirit guides throughout their lives. Like another guide might come to you as you start another journey or start a relationship or something like that. I've seen things suggesting that your pets could be in ways your spirit guides or your loved ones could be your spirit guides or something like that. I have said to you that I feel like Ingi could very well be yeah. yours. It makes me feel like what if Sirius is one of Tonks' spirit guides? So yeah, so what if the whole fucking thing is that it's wrong and it's not Lupin, it is actually Sirius. Yeah. And Sirius as this extra guide for Tonks. Well, similarly, then James is... I mean, that makes Harry's. so much sense. I kind of like that theory because it's absolutely a protective sort of present. That really kind of fixes the messiness of mm -hmm. the way that this was not thought through. Like, the idea of it, great, but what does that mean? Yeah, because that's totally what I had thought of first, is like, okay, it has something to do with Lupin rather than Sirius, but when you put it in that context, it does make a lot of sense. The idea of it being Sirius, it gives Honks and Sirius that connection, because they are distantly related, but more so, it kind of keeps Sirius in a present place in this book, outside of mourning. Yeah, Because that's Harry it, yeah. is mourning him in this book, but Sirius came in at the last minute to try to save Harry and did not survive. What I don't love is that Sirius feels like he is reduced to this person who we liked who's now dead in this book instead of this person who was a significant player in this series even yeah. though he was only around for three books. They had the headquarters at his house. And it does sort of feel like that, is that there's just this feeling of mourning. I would be interested to see, like, more instances, and it, it kind of makes me want to go back and see, like, Patronuses in the last book and even in book three, and see if there's any other, like, parallel. Like, Luna's is also a rabbit, Luna's right? is a hare. Is a hare. So, yeah, a rabbit. Like, who knows? Maybe there's something in the backstory that, that could be her mother or something yeah it's all very interesting the tonks portion it's funny that this chapter is chunked into kind of three sections and this first one is tonks and the second one is unfortunately we're going to go into some snape territory now too because snape obviously greets them tonks is like i sent that to hagrid snape's like well i've been reading hagrid's text and right? then he takes way more points away from Harry. And it definitely feels like it's this newfound confidence oh, that yeah. he got what he wanted finally. And this is supposed to be his book, but dear God, does he start off in such a shitty place with me. Really? You came out here to pick a fight with a witch just doing her fucking job and also use her broken heart against her. Fuck you. And then you spend the entire walk back to the castle just telling Harry how terrible he is. Right. And baiting him like the fucking child you are. Fuck 
off. The whole time, you're just like, oh, I can't believe no one's ever been in negative before. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, well, you're making it so he's a negative because he, he you took, love like, 50 to do points this to away him. or something like that. Right. right. 50 points for something, A, that obviously he's being escorted by an Auror back to the also, castle out. you said it in your thing. This child came to you and he's covered in blood. Are we not concerned? Well, there, exactly. That's no, the other not, thing. you're shit. That's the other thing. He's covered in blood. Snape doesn't even mention it. Honestly, Tonks didn't do anything about the blood either. But, alas, Tonks is in a place right now. Right. The 50 points that he takes away, that is akin to in the first book where they were caught out of bed with the whole Norbert thing. I can picture McGonagall going, 50 points! That is not equal here. The other little tiny detail with Snape that I have is that he also sort of reads Harry's mind about the cloak. That is kind of interesting, and it's almost like, is that a side effect from Aquamancy or something? No, it's just Snape being fucking invasive as hell. I mean, yeah, it is Aquamancy. He's using legitimacy to read Harry's thoughts, and he knows Harry's not a good Aquamance. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking read this kid's thoughts because I'm garbage. such an invasion of privacy. 100. It sets it up in a way that kind of also is like, oh, is this going to be like Umbridge all over? Truly, I don't think it could ever get back down to Umbridge (laughs) 2.0. And especially knowing, I mean, what happens in the third kind of section, as I'll call it, in the chapter of Harry er, yeah Harry's the defense against the dark arts teacher Snape's up there and is like I'd like to introduce Slughorn as our new potions teacher and Snape is our new data teacher psych it's Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) which is something that Dumbledore would do right (laughs) <laughs> also, like, did we forget that Harry's a great teacher? Like, yeah. why the fuck not? Yeah, he's like, I saw you, Harry. Harry I saw you like, last year with my army. Harry would be like, um, can I just, like, go back to being, like, a, a student next year or just graduate early because I don't want to die at the end of my one year? There you go. <laughs> because can I that's what happens. Dumbledore's like, you don't even need to take these other two years. You're a professor now. <laughs> Snape, you're fired. He's just so ridiculously smug about it. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Well, I'm sure you wanted everyone to see you. Stop! Yeah. I promise you, Voldemort is more suspicious of you because you continually treat Harry like shit than if you would just ignore him like everyone else. So once we do finally get into the great, the grand hall. The grand hall. (laughs) It is grand. It is always very grand. When we watched the movie, both of us kind of like gasped when we saw the floating candles. That is the next step of my living room of being like floating candles and they'll be up the entire year. Of course, like once they get into the grand hall, which is now its name forever. A couple things. First of all, nearly headless Nick says something along the lines of like, all the ghosts are asking about all this stuff that has happened recently. His chosen one stuff. Yes. And I'm like, I'm going to give him his privacy or something like that. He's like, I'm known as somewhat of a Potter expert or whatever. What does he call himself? He says something and I'm like, can you not? Hey, Nick, rip your hat off your shoulders and stick it up your ass. Oh, wait, it's already in your ass. His nearly headless head is all the way up his ass. Yeah, he said, there has been much talk on that very subject amongst the ghosts. I am considered somewhat of a Potter authority. It is widely known that we are friendly. And Harry's like, uh-huh, your death day party sucks. There wasn't even food. Yeah. Like, I bet a lot of people respect you, especially the Podmore motherfucker. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So that was one thing that I thought was kind of funny because sometimes we rip on Nick in, in yeah. this on this podcast. Notably, of course, Trelawney on the head table as well because of a protection kind of aspect, I assume. 
Harry literally walks in and everyone's asking him, what's this? What happened? Oh my god. <laughs> Harry's like, this is why I wanted my visibility cloak, Snape, you asshat. Yo, I got blood on my face and I'm late. Nobody wants to know about that. Everyone wants to know why I went and had tea with Slughorn. Yeah, for real. And then that's when, of course, we learn that there is, of course, blood on his face. He's a big disgrace. Zipping <laughs> them all over the place. I don't know. Shaking that dick all over the place. Yep, those are the words. Uh, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, he kind of walks into that whole conversation. It's only dessert. I, I have thought about it in the movie, but I'm going to say it now. For some reason, like, it's dessert time, and Ron is, like, chowing down on a big old bowl of jello. Yeah. Why? Why did the movie choose that? I know we're in the book portion, but it infuriated me. Why? <laughs> to be discussed again at the movie portion. You're gonna make me wait to talk about jello? Yeah. Oh, how rude. <laughs> the part of the episode where we talk about jello. The jello segment coming up <laughs> soon. <laughs> and then... Of course, Dumbledore's crispy hands. And yeah, they're like, everyone's like, oh my god. And he's like, it's been like that. Call yeah, the fuck like, down. it's fine. The fact that he's also not hiding his crispy hand or anything, I feel like there's something to that. The fact that he yeah. is just like... I mean, I'm not really sure how he would. He could wear a beautiful pair of gloves. What if he had that like elbow length, oh like opera god. gloves? Dumble, where are your fancy opera gloves? Right. We know Dumble loves an opera. Dumbledore dresses in drag all the time when he's in private. He should do it in public because he'd probably be a great drag queen. What's Elvis's drag queen name? I don't know. Aurora Horealis? <laughs> Potato Ball? Potato <laughs> That was my drag name. You, you have like, we both I have, have a million. so many. We um, both have a million. Yeah, let us know what you think Dumble's drag name is. So anyway, this... Um... Where, where the fuck were we? Crispy oh, Ham. The fact that he isn't hiding it, I think... I don't know. I was like, is there something to that in the fact that he is openly displaying it because he kind of realizes, okay, like, my time is up here. Like, there's no point in, like, hiding my Crispy hand. You know, there really could be some something in that, though, because we're not going to say Dumble isn't going to hide shit from people because don't say that to Harry. There's a level of seriousness that needs to be invoked here that people weren't listening to him at the end of the fourth book. Mm -hmm. People didn't listen to him at the beginning of the fifth book and here we are and there's been more tragedy and there's been more bad things and there's been more very present danger. So why shouldn't that just be another thing that they see? Also, by the way, look at my hand. Everyone knows Dumbledore is supposedly the greatest wizard in the world right now. And look at how he has been affected by this. Right. You know, like, one, we don't know what that's from. If Dumbledore is not perfect, then what the fuck are we going to do? That's a good point, too. And then Ryan and Hermione are like, Harry, why the fuck did you say that Slughorn was teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. And you get Harry kind of going back through, like, <laughs> did Dumbledore actually say that? And he's just like, no. Dumbledore literally was just like, this dude here. He's a new professor, and that's it. Yeah. I, like, roll my eyes at Ron and Hermione for being like, Harry, you said this. And he was like, did like, I? I mean, Dumbledore didn't either, so. Right. Did I? But it's also kind of like, his assumption makes sense. His assumption makes sense from, like, a clear, okay, we've been through this, like, five yeah. times already. But I also shared my thoughts of, okay, if you really, really think about it, and you had even said, like, if Hermione had gone to Spinner's End or whatever, not Spinner's End, that's for Snape Blues. That's Snape. The Slughorn's but, fake house. Bubba da Boogada? Bugga da Boogada? Bilbo Baggins? Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo? Bubberly Baggerton or something like that? Well, what's the hell? I don't know. Um, Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo yeah. is what I think I'm Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> if Hermione were there, he, she would have been like, oh, 
this bitch ain't teaching defense against Yeah. I feel like if you're really paying attention to those clues as a multiple time reader, it does make sense. Sure. But... Yeah. Not in the way that it was presented to Harry when the assumption was just left there to happen. Yeah. And like, there's no reason to think otherwise. Yeah. And Harry, like, turns into God Warrior, and he's like, no! Right. This isn't happening! He turns into a mashup of God Warrior and Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Then, really, the only other thing about this is what happens at the very, very end, where Hagrid's like, well, see y'all in class! <laughs> I mean, you had said in the last episode, like, at the very end, like, you can't really stop here. And I did stop here, but part of me wanted to be like, oh my god, how does this work out for Hagrid? automatically I'm like oh no I don't want Hagrid to like feel abandoned you know yeah Um, I'm trying to remember I feel like he gets mad at them and then he like is like oh I get it it's fine because Hagrid well that's good so nice but it makes me sad I think it sets it up for something worse right here other thing though was like I don't understand why Harry and Ron wouldn't Ron has no fucking idea what he wants to do. At all. Well, there's that, I guess. And so why wouldn't you just take the classes you know you can do well and and kind of go from there? And Harry doesn't think he's going to be taking potions. Well, why the fuck wouldn't you take a class with a teacher who's going to be good to you? That's fair. So, like, what was he going to be taking before potions? He and Ron are loving their three periods in this book. Neither of you fuckers even graduate, so... (laughs) Seriously. Not that I'm judging people who don't graduate, because neither of my parents did, but... Well, (laughs) yeah, but they also weren't fighting the Dark Lord. Right. They didn't have a good excuse. They just didn't finish. (laughs) Harry and Ron, I guess, get a fucking pass. (laughs) Also, I guess it makes sense at this point to finally get a free period where they could catch up on homework, but you know that's not what they would use them for either. Dumbasses. Do you have a game? Yeah. You sound so sad. <laughs> what is the game? We're going to play 20 questions. <laughs> 20 questions! Look at Tara, always innovating. You're always innovating, you're always coming up with new stuff. And I recall in the episode with Roxanne, you were like, my game's not very good. And it was fucking Mad Libs, which is always good. Explain to me and the listeners, how are we playing this? Okay, 20 yes or no questions you can ask me to guess a character who was in or mentioned in this chapter. Whoa, did you see that? Oh my god, did any fall on you? Just a little bit, but that's fine. Oh my god, I'm a ninja. You I got... are. It was just like the tiniest drop. Uh. That was a thing that happened. And I moaned while I did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, don't even explain it. Yeah, you guys can figure out what we were talking about. Yeah, so I'm just going to lick questions. the rest of it off my hand. Do you want to lick some of it off my foot? No. I think some got in there. I'm good, thanks. Cool. All right. <laughs> 20 questions. Yes or no questions to guess the character from this chapter. Okay, it's going to be someone that like I barely remember was in here. I just know it already. <laughs> Is your character female presenting? Yes. Is your character an adult? Yes. Is your character a professor at Hogwarts? No. Is your character Tonks? No. Fuck, I don't know who it is. (laughs) You have 16 questions. Oh my god, is your character someone who works at the Ministry of Magic? No. Is your character someone who, like, is at Hogwarts? Yes. Is your character a ghost? No. Is your character Madame Humphrey? Yes. It is. You got yes. it. It's okay. seven. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, wait a minute. If they're at Hogwarts all the time, but they're not a professor, 
then it's either her or Madame Pince. And because I was thinking, wait, did fucking nearly have this Nick say something like, oh, me and the gray lady. Oh, because he got a piss skied and Harry was like, well, I was going to go to Pom Pom, but I guess I'll let you do a Tonks. It's actually, it's when Dumbledore's crispy hand shows up and he's wondering why Humphrey hasn't fixed it yet. Interesting. Would you like to do my second character? Sure! This is another fun one. I like okay. it. Okay, I'm really glad that I guessed who the first one was. Yeah, you'll guess who this one is, too. Okay. Is your character female presented? No. Is your character an adult? No. Is your character a student? Yes. Is your character a Gryffindor? Yes. Is your character a Gryffindor in the same grade as Harry? Yes. Is your character Harry? <laughs> no. That would have been hilarious if your character was Harry Potter all along. And I'm thinking of... Okay. I thought about it. So he's a Gryffindor in the same age as Harry. Is your character Ron Weasley? No. Is your character Neil Lombard? Long no. Day? Is your character Dean Thomas? No. Is your character Seamus Foley? Yes! I was like, I'm not even going to try here. <laughs> so you got that one in 10. It took me, it took me less time to finally figure out Bomb Free. This is fun! I'm not kidding. Like, when I look at games, I'm like, well, which of the old faithfuls am I going to do? You always dig into your bag of tricks. Would you like to do the final one? Yes! You have three? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Is your character female presented? No. Is your character an adult? Yes. Is your character a professor at Hogwarts? No. Is your character Filch? Yes! This movie, notably, and I know I said in my thing that it makes sense, but to me, when I was reading the book, obviously I was thinking about the movie as I often do. And I was like, well, he never made it back to his cabin. So clearly Luna and Neville must be like, where the fuck is this motherfucker? Yeah. And so then Luna comes out looking for him be like, not to fear, I have my spectra specs. And so when it was Tonks, I was like, what? And... I was like, whoa, it kind of makes sense in the movie, but I know you have feelings about it, and I don't blame you. Okay, so my feelings about it are when they change stuff that they don't need to change. I think that that is dumb. Yeah. Also, it's kind of like a shitty way to throw Luna into a scene that she should have already been in. If we're going to throw Luna in, then we should have had Harry and Luna and Neville in the fucking car together. Yes. And had people be like, you don't have to sit with them. They're lame, and Harry'd be like, fuck you, these are my friends. Because Romilda's already in the movie, too. Yeah, Romilda's in the movie. So the choice to not do that and to make sure that we have Harry, Ron, and Hermione together, which is fine, I guess. That's what we do. We're not doing the slug club thing. Harry literally making the choice to separate from Ron and Hermione because he's annoyed with them because they're not agreeing with him. It's already in a different place. That being said, Tonks finding Harry, we have to establish that Tonks is on duty in Hogsmeade. We have to bring that character in. We have to do all of that. She's not in the movie. Well, no, she is maybe in the movie at the end? Mm, maybe. I can't, I can't remember. remember. She might not be. I don't know. I mean, of course I love seeing Ivana Lynch. I'm like, fuck yeah, she's wonderful. Well, I think that my argument becomes invalid when you point out that, yeah, in the movie, like, my whole thought was Neville and Luna must be thinking, where the fuck Where's is Harry? Harry? But Neville, or, well, Neville wasn't either, but Luna wasn't in the yeah. fucking compartment. So right there. So now it just looks like yeah. Luna's just wandering around, like everyone's yeah. left the train, and she's just like, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Which Luna's not an idiot. No, I mean, it is sort of in her wheelhouse to an extent. And we did at least see little clips, 
like when Ginny was going off with Dean, her going around with the Spectre Specs. So there is that at the very least. But it doesn't make as much sense knowing that he's in the compartment with Ron and Hermione. And that scene, too, was just not well done either. Like, I, I still... This is obviously the last chapter when, when he takes the invisibility cloak. So obviously... Yeah. Yeah, it's they're weird. Probably, they're not like, um, Harry, what the fuck? Like, they're just like, oh, well, Harry goes and smells right. Go so enjoy we, the fresh and then, air. Well, so then, you know, he and Luna, they go to the gates, and freaking Flitwick is there? Yeah, Flitwick's there. And, and Flitwick is like, uh, who the fuck are you? And <laughs> Harry's like, you don't know who I am? Right? And he puts on his Karen wig. He, he sure fucking does. Which, honestly, like, good for you, Harry. But truly, like, you know who this... I mean, here's the other thing. These classes are not, like, huge. You know who both of these people are. Flipper. Right. It's very weird. So the only thing I will say I do like about this... Well, first, let me oh, talk about I, the rando guy. There's just a random guy. Oh, yeah. Guy. He just, like, walks past them. Just coming into Hogwarts Which, like it's nothing. Okay, that is weird because and this might be the thing that you like. Right there, they're going through things. The security is really hard. Hardcore. You get to see that they're the fence stuff. too, like yeah. the very pointy, deadly fence. I liked that part that they made a big point to show that in the movie in a kind of a creative way. I liked that. Yeah. So here's the part that I really liked. Well, although I liked that, and I don't like it for the sake of the choice as far as to override what should have happened. It's just kind of cool to see Flitwick be badass because you see Flitwick putting all that together. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yes for badass Flitwick because we know he is. That being said, that's not how it fucking happens in the book, mm -hmm. so no. If this is a Snape-centered fucking story, why are we not doing yeah. this? Yeah, and Snape is right there next to Draco. And Draco doesn't even need... Nice face, Potter. That didn't have to happen. Yeah, and then, like, the whole, like, I can vouch for him. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense if people are like, oh, we were looking for the two of you. Also, the Flitwick says we were looking for the two of you, but then is like, who the fuck are you? I assume that they were looking for Draco and Harry, but I guess it doesn't make more sense to Luna and Harry. Yeah, the fact that Snape is right there, why couldn't Snape have been the one to do this? Draco doesn't obviously need to be there. It's just a weird fucking scene once they get back up there. Another thing that I did kind of like about the scene is Luna being like, do you want me to fix your nose? And that whole scene, it felt very perfectly Luna to me. Yeah. And I winced even when it happened because yeah. she does the episky and you hear the crack sound effect. Ugh. Yeah. Because whatever Tong says in the book, Harry does not describe as being painful. Yeah. And obviously it's painful in the movie. You see his reaction. But what I really like about that is Harry's reaction to her being like, yeah, I guess, whatever. Like, he is just so resigned and he's like, this can't hurt. We might as well just go for it. <laughs> right. Like, it's very Blaze Zabini. Yeah. Fucks. It kind of is. But yeah, it's just, it's a weird section. Once you get into the Great Hall, the Grand Hall. Fucking Ron is eating his jello. <laughs> There it is, Jello time. He's, like out of it is all the, the biggest things. bowl of anything yes. on the fucking planet. You know what it was? Because usually, I mean, I think of the very first time we see the desserts and the food and everything appear, and it's so grand. You know that something must have happened on set where they were like, mm, "We need a shot of Ron eating because he's a teenager and teenagers eat a lot." And so they were like, oh, well, we don't really have that much. It's dessert time. Oh, I have some jello. <laughs> because otherwise, why the fuck would you choose it? And then the fact that Hermione is so, it gives me like some movie five vibes. 
the hardcore where Hermione in movie five was just kind of a bitch at times. Oh, she's where, a bitch. At why me. are you eating so much? Harry's not here. It's like, girl. She's like just sitting there super stiff with one of her books in her arms and she's just like, Bruh. she's like so pissed yeah. the whole fucking time. Why are you eating so much? Uh, Because the director said I had to, which is why I have to eat this awful jello. <laughs> That's why. Rupert Grant is like jello PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> oh then, my God. I will say Bonnie Wright gets so much hate as Jenny, And honestly... Oh. It's the writing. That, that was like the one thing lovely. I liked in this scene. The way she fucking says the line is when I go, that is why Bonnie Wright is just mm-hmm. perfect in this role. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, why does he have blood? Okay, of course he does. Yeah. Jenny, that is your future. <laughs> yeah. But also, can we talk about how Draco looked so like Fly? So does Jenny. Jenny looks so grown up. In comparison to the last movie. Right. She's in her fifth year now. Ginny was a standout in that scene to me because it was so weird. When it comes to Dumbledore, the owl on the... Uh, oh, yeah, the podium. The podium yeah. owl, like, moved. And I was like, We never it. saw that happen before. Yeah, I like that. We don't see a crispy hand. We don't. There's no crispy hand. And then on the back table, I'd even mentioned there was somebody... Maybe it was Sprout now that I think about it. But there was somebody with, like, very white, like curly hair and they kind of like slowly moved out of frame and I was like who is that and there was another person that I think is actually Professor Vector I'm always interested to see like who is at the front table because I did not see Trelawney there and then the other big thing in the scene in this movie not at all yeah Emma Thompson is not in any more movies at all she's not even no and I'm pissed she's not in the last movie because I just want the Trelawney scene of her throwing crystal balls at Death Eaters that is literally all I ever wanted in any of these fucking movies, and we don't get it. No, I it's think, crazy. I even forgot yeah, that scene. She's only in the third and fifth movies. That is really, really sad. Right? But, alas. And then, Draco. Like, I've already talked a lot about how he's so broody. The way he just sits there, and of course, in the middle of Dumbledore's speech, it's because he's like, I gotta kill this motherfucker by the end of the year. Right. It is so just emo kid. Yes. That's what it is. He is so emo. There are elements of it that I see for sure, but it's such a departure. I mean, it really I mean, stands out. Look at out. how he fucking ruled the school last yeah. movie. And now he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna pout over here. Yeah. It is very, yeah. very strange. But you look good, Tom Felton. You look good. Happy yes. birthday. My points are very simple. I have only three people who are getting or removing points from. 30 to Tonks, because she saves the day. She's going through it. She needs those extra points. Plus 10 to Hagrid, because I'm just bracing for him to be disappointed. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's the other thing that we actually didn't talk about, is that there's another dog with Hagrid, it's not Fang. Yeah, it does not look like Fang. No. You know, the first thing that came to my mind, even, was, oh, it's Lupin. And I'm like, no, it's not. We saw Werewolf Lupin, and it doesn't look anything like that. Right, also, Werewolf like Lupin wolf. cannot hang out with No. Him. He'd be having <laughs> Especially a snack. without these children. Right? So, well, <laughs> He'd have all kinds of snacks. Yes. But it looked more like a wolf than Fang. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Where who the fuck is this other dog? But anyways, time to Hagrid. And then, of course, negative 20 to Snape. Well, we all know that that was actually... Bang stunt double. That's what it was. It was a stunt double. Yeah. Because it was such a dangerous scene. Yeah. And I'm sorry, only negative 20 to Snape? Well, I wrote down 10 and I was like, really? Only negative 10? So I gave negative 20. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, I have said that in at least 10 minutes. Yes. Next time we'll be already on chapter 9 of Harry Potter and Are the Half Are you Half-Lo fucking Prince. kidding me? This is ridiculous. And it's called... The Slug people. Okay. It's literally the title I, of the book. I, I, 
Cool. So we're going into potions. So I was kind of right because I so, was like, oh, we're back to slug stuff. The see, like I said in the past, when I think of this book, I think of Slug Club primarily. Oh. So. Chapter nine, the Half Blood Prince. Cool. As we, in, we did I it. I love this book. I do still think we got to Order of the Phoenix faster. I think Order of the Phoenix was like chapter five or something like that. So, so. but this I think is second place. We did it. <laughs> That's it. We did it. That in the episode. Yep. Farewell. Bye. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!